How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops. Getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. He beats Buffalo and Buffalo. He beats Baltimore in Baltimore. He wins in minus 27 degrees at home. And he beat a San Francisco team that really played great football. And I go back to what I said at the very beginning. When you play greats, you have effort and hope. And you just hope maybe this time they're not as great. And Mahomes always is. Mahomes, Reed, Kelsey, all you can do is hope. And that's not good enough. So how do the Patriots compete with that, Colin Cowherd? How do they construct their team? And how do you build around what we're all hoping and assuming? And maybe we shouldn't assume, because there was some reporting over the weekend they could move the pick. But we're all hoping and assuming that they're going to be drafting a quarterback at three. Hope. I, I'm absolutely hoping for that. If, if, if Coward wants to talk about like wish casting and false hope like that, that's exactly what I'm hoping and wish casting for. He beats for. Baltimore and Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore. So how do you compete with that? And how do you construct your team? It's part of our big question at two. Up now at Jones and Mego. Uh, how do you want them to spend their money? On the offensive line? At wide receiver? Uh, at quarterback, which again, the, the results there have surprised me at how much support QB has, uh, and it's ticked up throughout the course of the show. Other is also an option for you. And I'll tell you, 40% agree with Mego. That number has come down. Super packed strong. 34% agree with Arkan and myself, wide receiver. That number has also come down. Quarterback's up to 25%. Wow. So I, that, to me, feels like a lot of support for Marvin Harrison at three, which is not what I want them to do, but Arkan, I know you come in there, and, and who are the quarterbacks we're talking about? in free agency i i don't think you're going to get baker mayfield so if you could that's a potential name i don't think he's there i think we're really talking about kirk cousins and russell wilson Tannehill. that's awful is that what anybody wants that's what people are voting for i didn't vote for that so no, but, i mean i hope but, not but i'm just saying but like <laughs> i mean i like russell wilson i can at least halfway understand I can definitely get Kirk Cousins. Tannehill? Maybe people think Baker Mayfield will Maybe. be available. I mean, Arkan thought that last week. It's so. true. You had to, what, what? You had to. I had to finger wag him. You had to, you had to correct him a little bit. That's and true. And say, I don't think so. He's going to get that extension. And just because you want Marvin Harrison Jr. so that, bad, everybody's just going to grasp at straws with the quarterback, pretend like that's an afterthought on this roster. It is a nice. Okay, Mayfield hasn't gotten the extension yet, by the way. Just no, so he hasn't. Clear, but yeah. So, okay, all that finger wagging, that hasn't happened. He's still available. He's still a free agent. Do you want to bet on this? Uh, not really. I don't really care if they get Mayfield. I don't I, – I Because you don't spend care about money, who's playing quarterback the, next year. The day, no, I do. I just wouldn't spend – I wouldn't spend in free agency on any of these guys. The day he'd I'd have rather, to pay you for the bet, he'd just stay home anyway. So it's, probably, I probably would. Yeah, yeah. He'd he just – you know, he'd work his way out. I was looking up snow totals out of curiosity and saw around Dedham. It's under an inch. 
That's about right. A micro snowstorm. Is he said two that. and a half. He claimed two and a half inches at the beginning of the show. He almost immediately revised that down to an inch and a half. Do you think he had looked outside? It's when less he said than that. that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, I he, can hear birds chirping. <laughs> he drove his kid in treacherous conditions earlier today. Uh, we'll get He's to your like, phone calls. Look, I'm not showing up to work, but I can't stand having this baby in the house. <laughs> we'll get to your phone calls in a moment. And we have Rob Bradford standing by at 4:30. We are going to get to some Red Sox thoughts. Alex Cora, uh, why is he still here? That's what I want to know. It doesn't sound like he wants to be here. Certainly much longer, and maybe he doesn't even want to show up to Fort Myers and manage the team this year. And the team won't commit to him. So why is he still here? I don't get it. Uh, we'll get to your feedback on that coming up. But, Mego, you want offensive line. Why again? What's your plan for them? Well, specifically, I want them to franchise tag Mike Unwenu. And I can't. I'm sorry, Gresh. I didn't hear you say this earlier. Uh, so, you, so I'm doubling down on a Gresh take right now. You are, you are channeling your inner Andy Gresh, yes. With When you look at the free agency market, I, I agree that there's – more just on the surface there's more wide receivers available that are super high quality compared to the tackle position Mike and Wenyu is going to be one of the best tackles that's available and so I think you'd have to dole out at least 14 million a year 15 million a year uh to have him not go to another team I don't think he's going to take a sweetheart deal a hometown deal to re-sign here and so you know he's a natural guard Without getting, like, nerdy and boring, I think you franchise tag him. Yes, you're going to overpay for a year. See how he is at that right tackle position if he can stay healthy, have him there consistently, and then you can go out and get another tackle in the draft. And you still have room to go and get a really high-priced and high-performing uh, receiver that's available on the market. It's just I'm a little less excited when I'm seeing guys like T. Higgins and Pittman Jr., are, might be franchise tagged by their own teams, and sure. you're going to end up with somebody like Ridley anyway. Okay, new names are emerging. I brought up Diggs before. Brandon Ayuk had some interesting comments today in San Fran. I know those aren't free agents per se, yeah. but those, those are guys you're going to have to bring in and pay. Diggs has already got a contract. Especially Ayuk. We were just talking about at the break. He's going to be on the last year of his deal, so Ayuk you'd wants be double-dipping there. Ayuk wants a deal. And so that's not free agency. I know that's not the spirit of the question, but like that's wide receiver money that you're going to have to pay. And so if T. Higgins gets franchised and if Michael Pittman gets franchised and you have to get Evans and Ayuk or you got to get Steph Diggs and Calvin Ridley or something have like that, get, I would be pleased to. That's the way I would go. And like your plan, the more I hear it, the more I hate your plan. I know. You're like, you're like pay on when you <laughs> for a year. Would. No, no, but I, I hate, I just hate the idea of bringing back on when you and paying an offensive lineman, but like the specifics of your plan, I really hate. It's like, let's franchise him. He might be a guard. He might be a tackle. And then what? Then So you're only committing to the guy for one year? Yeah. So what are you doing the year after that? How's that a plan? Well, I th- I mean, I would look at, I don't know where they're going to be. I honestly, I haven't looked super far ahead of their cap money going ahead. And I think that well, I, like you're I just, just spackling it together for a year. I am spackling it together for a year because I think that it's really important to have a veteran out there at least one at one of the tackle possessions positions and i don't want to hold on to trent brown like i get that i feel like that's the alternative yeah i definitely don't want trent brown and back. I, look maybe you can look at it and say oh calvin anderson who was unavailable all last year maybe like i don't want to depend on him i don't want to be in another situation where you're going out and getting a free agent like riley reef and to me that's spackling together way more yeah that's fair i mean, I mean look you could argue instead of franchise tag then you just re-sign on when and give them a big deal but that's then a multi-year commitment to a guy who's a natural guard yeah i'm not trying to pay him uh that that's not a guy who's worth over he's never been to the pro bowl you know never mind like a real high class option at that position so i'm i'm okay with spackling it together especially at right tackle i i gave you the list earlier today the patriots made nine super bowls i think they had six different starting right tackles in those super bowls who are you paying arkan and why 
I would pay a wide receiver. I think that uh, that's the natural uh, place my mind goes just based on the way it all looked last year. I think last year, I mean, when all is said and done, Trent Brown was not a very low-rated tackle in the league. Like, he's considered a hot free agent right now. So is Unwenu. He wasn't a tackle till the end of the year. But in terms of how that all went, I mean, you know, I think you can, you've tried the draft in the sixth round. You've tried to sort of bring in budget offensive lineman Riley Reef. You tried to pay $5 million to bring him in, and it just, you know, these things keep uh, failing. So I do think you need to make an investment there. But in terms of where the main part of the the investment needs to go. I really like this wide receiver free agent class better than I like the offensive line class. I think that there's a lot of talent there. There's guys who could be game changers on this team and guys who I think could really make a difference for a rookie quarterback if that's the direction you go. And if you're spending big on wide receivers and free agency, I think we can all assume they're not going to be drafting Harrison there. So we'll know that. I think we'll get a good indication of, of what their plan is based on how they spend this money. But I'd like to see them do it at wide receiver. I want them to bring in two wide receivers before they even worry about tackle. And so if that's draft one at, you know, 34 and sign one or sign two or whatever it is, I want them to double dip at wide receiver. Can I tell you something else that's Before they bring in a a tackle, yes. Well, I think part of the reason that they're going to look at tackle is because they have so many receivers on the books right now that are on contracts that you're not going to be able to move. Fine. I would hate that. They should cut them and eat the dead money and get those guys off the team. Do you know how much money you're going to eat with Juju and with Devontae Parker? I don't care. Yeah, but that's the cost of like a wide receiver, Jones, having to have that dead money. Like if they cut Juju, they'll have, even if they do it, I think after June 1st, they're going to have $9 million from his contract. That's the cost of getting another wide receiver. It's worth getting him off the team and I'll find money elsewhere by restructuring people. There's a million different ways to do it. and I just don't think they're going to do it. Okay, I would prepare yourself. They might not. I'm just telling you that's what I would do. I'm telling you what I would do. And furthermore, you're all worried about the next... You know when you started 16 games as a rookie? Okay. He's a sixth-round pick. Who was on the other side? I have no idea, but I'm just telling you. You're like, you can't start offensive linemen as rookies. I'm Micah, not saying you can't the guy start... You, the guy you I'm want was a sixth-round pick. They played him the whole season I don't think it's a good idea to go in with two tackles who are both rookies. Okay. And by the way, it's not like the rest of your offensive line is a super sturdy unit. No, it's not. And I, I'll get around to paying offensive linemen after I draft the quarterback at three and I double dip at receiver. Then, you know, you're going to need some bodies there, but I don't need to prioritize it. I, Wait, I, after you, oh, you pick the quarterback. I thought you said you pay the quarterback. No, no, I was no. like, oh, draft know what? the quarterback at three. Uh, we'll get to Rob Bradford coming up. Let's get to some phone calls here. 617-779-7937. Joe's in Connecticut waiting patiently on our Bruins discussion. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, so I just wanted to kind of chime in on the Marshan uh, interview. Um, I know Mega was pretty pretty heated about uh, his response to that. And, you know, when I was listening to it, my interpretation kind of of his response as far as the uh, short-term memory, you know, uh, sounded to me almost kind of like, when athletes check on themselves, basically saying, you know, when the fans are booing and we're having a, you know, a bad night, um, you know, that's when athletes need to kind of tell themselves, yeah, we got to have a short-term memory on this thing and just kind of, uh, okay. So Joe, Joe, you're not, Joe, you're not the only one who said this just in case you missed it. Let's play Marshan again. Let's just hear it again. Uh, we got a bunch of texts about that. Joe called in about it. Here's Marshan. What he said, you know, they get a quick memory, uh, short memory. Um, you know, but that's their right. They they pay you know, tickets to come watch. So stop. And... He's not talking. He's not talking about the players. He's talking about the fans. So he's wrong. The text line is wrong. He's not talking about athletes having a short memory. Mego, you're right. He's talking about the fans. And by the way, on the other side, like Charlie Coyle was asked the same question, and he goes, "That's the standard here. You know, <laughs> that's how it is to be a Bruin." So 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know how short a memory Bruins fans have. Like uh, for most Bruins fans, they've won one cup in their lifetime. Like I, it's not like it's not like it's been a <laughs> lot of great years around here. As Ryan said, he's channeling his inner Belichick. Hasn't been a lot of lean years around so here. Not a lean. They never win. They never win. Uh, Joe is in Randolph on the Patriots. Go ahead, Joe. Yes. Hi, everybody. Uh, it looks like everybody is planning and positioning like this draft is going to fix the Patriots. In my opinion. They can have several good drafts, and they're still going to be five or six years away from wow. championship-type football. This is Tommy Curran calling in from Randolph today. Uh, Curran's like they're never going to be good again, uh, and he wants them to just keep uh, trading back year after year after year and keep stop, uh, stockpiling picks. I'm not waiting another five or six years. I don't care. And if you get the quarterback, trust me, you can turn it around in one year. I, I, I may oversimplify how easy it is to get the quarterback, but you get the quarterback, it's turned around in one stinking also, year. to be clear, we're not talking about the draft right now. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that the two are not related, and we're talking about what you can get in the draft a little bit, but free agency, if you cut J.C. Jackson, you're going to have $80 million to it's spend. Not, That's what we're talking about. To your point, it's not just the draft. It's the draft and free agency. They have both. They should be able but to turn it around in one year. It's going to take a couple years. No, it's not. I don't it know shouldn't. if it's going to take five drafts. It, it That's might, a long rebuild. It might take that long but it shouldn't i don't think it should john's in rhode island go ahead john hey guys love the show uh, first of all i just want to say that i drove 20 miles in the snow to my job and thank I'm you john and been, and been working out all day that's one thing nice good um, for you john the, uh, yeah thank you i appreciate it i'm a warrior out here um so my uh, my point is that um if you look at these past drafts um uh, Chase went with Burrow, uh, Jalen Waddle went with Tua, and Devontae Smith went with Jalen Hurts. I think if you're going to take Jaden Daniels, I think you should get some guys that he's played with. Um, if you look at Brandon Ayuk, you were just mentioning, he actually played with him and Antonio Pierce at Arizona State. Um, and this, uh, there's a receiver in the draft. Wow, does Jaden Daniels go back to ASU that far? I mean, I knew he was at ASU before LSU. He overlapped with Ayuk at ASU? How much did they actually put? Yeah, I would, play I would, I would. Ha- I thought Daniels. It's a, played- it's a nice idea. Hey, throw it out there. I thought I Daniels played as a freshman at ASU. So I, I, I mean, if they were both on the team, Jaden Daniels was starting quarterback. I didn't realize he went back that far. Uh, but that would make sense with COVID and everything else. I was going into his fifth year. I guess that would actually make sense. Uh, I got you- highlights of Jaden Daniels throwing an 81-yard touchdown pass to Brandon Ayuk in 2019. Okay, look, I, I don't happen to care about that. I know we brought this up before. Like, do you have to double dip and get a guy that the quarterback played with in college? I don't feel strongly about that. Well, it's a nice to have. No, it is, but just I want Brandon Ayuk. I would take Brandon Ayuk with Drake May. Yeah. Uh, even though they never overlapped, I would just want Brandon Ayuk. They don't need to be a package deal. Thank you. Mike Evans didn't play with any of these guys. He's been in the league for a decade. That that's who I want. Six one seven, seven seven nine. 7937. That's I did not realize that though. So fine. If the Patriots want to do that, team up Jaden Daniels and Ayuk, sign me up. Arkan has all the latest from his basement here in Trending. And then we're right back with Rob Bradford and the latest on Alex Cora. That's next. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Follow the show on Twitter at Jones and Mego. Maybe you can DM me on Twitter. Don't be creepy. Don't be creepy. This is Jones and Mego on WEEI. Where do you see yourself at in terms of like longevity as a manager? I'm not going to manage 10 more years. I don't see myself being like Tito or Tony. You know, uh, I got two boys. I got a, I got a daughter that, you know, she's a junior in college. So there's more more in life than, than baseball, to be honest with you. You know, this is a, a tough business. And I mentioned it three years ago. I read Guardiola's uh, book, you know, and he said that when you spend more than five or six years in one place, it can take a toll on you. And I think I got hit last year with that, you know. I'm glad that I recognize that. And I think the pictures and the videos, they recognize that. And a conversation with my mom, who actually was very honest when I got back home. She crushed me. It's not easy, man, like dealing with the media, dealing with players, the front office, the pressure of uh, winning. It's not, it's not easy, you know. It should be fun, and sometimes it's not. Obviously, it's something that is going to come up through the season, and I respect that, but I really don't want to talk too much about it because this is where I am. I love it here. I appreciate everything that this organization has done with me and my family. Would you still like to be here? I don't want to talk about that right now, yeah. <laughs> oh, no! Hey, do you still want to be here? I, I don't want to talk about First that. All, no I, comment. I think we need to... Uh, the lead from that answer that I would write is Gresham and Fourier are driving Alex Cora out of town because yep. they were... Oh too tough on him last year with their questions and it just makes he's been here for five or six years Uh, i blame fourier in particular i can tell you very much the man the man cares about what he gets asked i mean i can i can tell you that so that took a toll on him interesting i mean i i will say this he looks like he's in good shape because last year he was starting to he was starting to chunk up a little bit. I'll say, I, I, I didn't notice that last year. You didn't notice it in no, real time? No, I didn't. I did not. Oh, he was chunk. I didn't notice any chunkification last year, but I thought that he looked very slim in very that slim. interview today, in that say, press conference. Say, so Alex good for him. cholesterol last year. Said he ran four, four miles it's today. Okay. It's all right. Oh, my God. We Do we have that sound? What? We need that for Meg-splaining. I'll talk, uh, Ryan, I'll talk to you during the break. What are you even talking about? I'm talking about something from explaining. I just what Alex Cora said. Just sure, wait. wait. This is a super great tease, is yeah, what right we call on. this. Yeah, no, this is good. That's, that was the right time to bring it up. Uh, so he ran four miles today. You ran today, Mego. I did. I only did three and a half because the wind was howling. I, uh, I, you I, know, I, so the wind was so strong, I could understand why you'd be afraid to drive your car. I did my usual. Absolutely. I did my usual run today outside in the elements. Some of us uh, didn't even want to drive here today. Well, uh, my gym was closed, so my gym was. I'd say my gym was being a real arcand <laughs> in this weather, so I couldn't go and run on the treadmill or anything like that, or do the elliptical. So you had to go outside. So my dog and I had to run outside. But Cora, Cora looks like he's in good shape. And I don't know. I don't know what that means. Like he said, well, I don't want to be. I'm not going to manage for ten more years. He said, I'm not going to be Tito or Tony, like Tony Larusa. He's not going to be managing forever. And he also said, you know, he was reading some MLS, uh, MLS, uh, EPL manager, uh, his book. He basically said, you know, you stay in one place for five or six years, then you start to stagnate and get frustrated. And he's now been in Boston for five years as a manager because he was suspended for one, and six years total. And so. Look, I think he's dropping a lot of hints, and I don't think they're all that hard to read. 
and Buster only wrote about this over the weekend. It caught my eye. I didn't think much of it until he's on the picnic tables getting asked about staying in Boston and he won't commit. And we'll ask Brad Full about this coming up. We have Rob Bradford of the WEI standing by less than 10 minutes from now at 430 for his weekly appearance. But he doesn't sound like he wants to be here. And we know the Red Sox don't really want him because they won't pay him. They won't give him an extension. They're not giving him what he wants. So even if they want to keep him, they're not paying him what he wants to agree to be here. So they're in a weird, lame duck year. And I would disagree with John Tomasi. He wrote this today in NBC Sports Boston. A lot of managers in their final year would be a lame duck. He said Cora is about to be a free bird. He's a lame duck. He's a lame duck. He doesn't want to be here. And the team doesn't want him. So why is he here? Why is he here? See, I'd actually push back on that. If I am giving Alex Cora some credit here, I think I think what he's doing is he's refusing to answer whether he's going to be here or not. And he's talking about it in a way that he will get public outcry on his side because he knows that the the public approval of the team has not been lower in a very long time. And he's one of the few pieces left other than Theo Epstein and Fenway Park itself that fans largely really, really are positive on. And so if he's sitting here being like, I don't know if I'm going to be here next year, you know, it's his equivalent of it's up for talk show debate. Ask Mr. Kraft. You hey, know, that's like his equivalent. You believe him? You believe he wants to be here? I do. I, I think he wants to be here as long as they pay him. Yeah, as long as they pay him and if he gets the sense that someone like Theo is back here and that him and Craig Breslow are going to have any ability to sway spending. Yeah, I That's think he wants to be That's a talk show debate. What do you guys think? Arkan, you think he wants to be here? Not at all. I mean, I think that he's fed up with this team, and I'm not, I don't blame him, really. I mean, I have problems with Cora, but not with this. I mean, I think he's really frustrated with the way the front office has been, and I also think the reason why the team still has him here is because they just fired High and Bloom, and now they can't get rid of him, too. He's another excuse. He's another thing that the team can point to and say, well, the reason why we're not good now, it's not us not spending. It's the manager's no good. Just just like it was the president of baseball opera or whatever. You know, it's another it's well, another on, link on. on the shield that do he you, can sort of point to when they fight when they inevitably fire him, okay. which I think they're going to. I agree year. with that shell game, but like do you think fans would buy that? No. Because they bought it with Bloom. A lot of fans yeah, bought it with Bloom. Bloom hadn't won for that. Okay, right. A lot of fans bought it with Bloom. I mean, Alex Cora's been the manager over two last place. Like the guy gets a lot of leeway for two last place finishes. Fans still like him. No, this is what I'm saying. So I don't yeah. I don't think fans would buy it the way they bought it with Bloom. I think now fans are seeing the error of their ways and they're like, well, wait a minute. Wasn't Bloom. Ownership isn't spending. Which some of us tried to warn you about for a long time. No, I don't think so yet, but I don't I am with Arkan. I don't think Cora wants to be here. I don't think he wants to be here. I think he wants to get paid. Okay, I agree with that. But somewhere else. (laughs) Right. I don't think he wants to be here because I don't think he wants to manage a last place team. I don't think he wants to I don't know what he's being paid. I don't know what he it's not Craig Council money, but I don't know what he's being paid. But I don't think he wants to be here, and I don't really think they want him. And so they let him go into this weird lame duck year that I just feel like is uncomfortable for everybody. And I don't expect him to manage the team out of the basement. I told you last year, if Alex Cora is a difference maker. No, no, we just expect Arkan to work out of his basement. <laughs> no, uh, he will stay in the basement much like Arkan because he's not a good enough manager to manage the team out. I know a lot of people believe he's a difference maker as a manager. He can't get them out of last place. So, like, if they're not spending... And the manager is just taking you where you're supposed to go. He's not a special manager. So I don't believe in him. I know a lot of you do, and a lot of you like him, and that's fine. That's your prerogative. You can like him. He's not a difference maker as a manager. He isn't. Great. He won the World Series in 2018. I could have done that. They had the highest payroll in baseball. I could have won with that team. I also could have managed last year's roster to a last-place finish. He's not a difference maker. And so to me, I don't know why he's still here. I don't get it. 
And is he waiting out the Dodgers job? That's something Ryan mentioned to me mm. before the show. I asked Coop uh, before the show. Coop said the exact same thing. Maybe he's waiting it out for the Dodgers job. So I think he has his eyes elsewhere. And I just don't get why the Red Sox still keep him here. Maybe it's it's to pivot like Arkan is suggesting. I think that's going to blow up in his face. I think firing him, like if, for instance, if they did it in season, I think that would be a very unpopular move. I think that would blow up in their face if that's what they're trying that's to do. That's what I'm saying, though. I think, okay, so even if he doesn't want to be here, if it's a situation where he gets fired or it, they just wrap up the end of the year and he goes and gets a job somewhere else, like I feel like this is him trying to win the PR battle by having – being the last guy that all the fans are going to back. So that even if when he's walking out the door, whether it's getting let go in the middle of the season or at the end of the season, he's like, you're not going to do to me what, what you did with Hein Bloom, where then there's stories coming about, about out about how bad I am at my job. Like, I'll have the fans on my side at the very start. Yeah, it's just... You know, we're all fighting over PR and how things are framed, and no. Yeah, because they're losing. Okay, I or understand. Or they have been. I understand well, the then, season But, like, started. then walk. Then walk. If you just want to win the PR battle, then leave, you know? Or, or or the Red Sox should move on from him or something. Like, I don't get why he's still here, to be honest. I really don't. 617-779-7937. Uh, as promised, we're joined every Tuesday at 430 by Rob Bradford. He's on the Harbor One Hotline. What's going on, Rob? Let's go. Baseball. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, great game. It is. The green grass, the, 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 the pictures from the media from a thousand yards away of people throwing baseball. It's going to be great. I mean, Rob, I got to be honest, the, the picnic table stuff snuck up on me. Breslow talked today as well, along with Alex Cora. Why, why is Cora still here? It sounds to me like he doesn't want to be here. Oh, it sounds like the team doesn't no. want him. So why is he still here? Well, that's, that's an easy one. And, I mean, this, first of all, he's under contract. So when you say he, he should just walk, first, he's under contract. He's under contract for a year. Why would he walk? Why I mean, would he just say, I know, oh, but Rob, I Rob, want... but how many managers get yeah. to the final year of their contract? How many managers get into the lame duck year of their contract? Uh, Not many. I wouldn't say that. I don't think that's accurate at all. I mean, Kevin Cash was heading in the last year of his contract. He just renewed. And, I mean, the, the thing is with – if you're saying that the Red Sox should move on from Alex Cora because he's in the last year of the contract like they did with Heim Bloom, that's Craig Breslow's prerogative. But I don't think they devalue Alex Cora to the point where they say, oh, you know what? No, we, we absolutely don't think he's the right fit. And well, why don't they have an extension? Why, how come they haven't worked out an extension? Well, be, be, well I was just going to say, I was going to answer that. Because Breslow, if he takes over, he should have every right as a guy who's coming in to evaluate, even if he likes Alex Cora, to evaluate firsthand what he has in Alice Cora. And so when he does that, you know, then, then you go from there. But, you know, for Alice Cora, it's not, it's not comfortable. It's not a comfortable situation. There's no question about it. But in terms of the alternative, Alex Cora is a good enough manager and possibly a good fit with the Red Sox. So Craig Breslow knows enough to, to wait this out a little bit to see actually if this is going to be something that works. And if it doesn't work, his contract ends, they move on, and they go the other way. Or maybe even before, if, if they're having a bad year, and Craig Breslow says, hey, you know what? He's not the guy that I thought he was going to be. It's not going to work out. So when you hear Alex Cora talk about the grind of being in one place for five or six years and even the physical toll that last year took on him, what do you sense he's talking about specifically with last season? And how is his approach or – his attitude, disposition, his connection with the team, the front office, whatever. How is it going to be different this year compared to last season? I don't think he knows, Mego. First of all, I'll answer the last part first. I don't think he knows what the relationship is going to be like because, you know, I think that 
so far, you only have an off season, and you really don't know until I think you get into the trade deadline and you see what approach that that front office is going to take. Where the manager always wants you. If you're close, the manager always wants you to that. So I don't know if if he has a good grasp of exactly what that relationship is. I think that so far he knew Craig Breslow from before. I think so far it's okay, and I think that Alex Cora is is fine with Craig Breslow being the guy. But to, to come back to the first part of your question, you know, I thought that was pretty telling about that that com- that part of the press conference today of him talking about, you know, the grind. He, he mentioned, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce the, the soccer coach's last <laughs> name, the guy Pep. Will, come on, someone help me out here. Oh, Pep, I, uh, I, I avoided pronouncing it as well, but it's Pep. You're right, yeah. Pep, yeah, you know, Pep's book. So, Pep, yeah, I Pep remember. G. So he, he, yeah, Pep, Pep G, exactly. So, Pep, the guy in Ted Lasso. So, the, uh, the Pep, Pep G's book, he's referenced this, I remember going back a few years ago, and, and how like he really really liked that approach and what he had said and and what he said today was that you know once you get to five years in the same organization it becomes really a, a huge grind and and we remember with Tara Francona when when they parted ways it was really the ten year thing but with Cora you look at last year it was okay you know things aren't working out well he clearly wasn't on the same page of the, as the president of baseball operations. They were going the other. They get to the deadline. They don't add. It's only getting worse. And and also, I'm going to be honest with you. And I think he would be honest with you too. His physical well-being wasn't good. I mean, he he had gained a lot of weight. His knee was bad. You know, he was let as he said today. He had let the whole uh, his his whole job encompass his life. And you know, not only talking to him through the off season, but also after you know when you hear him today. He he just got his his priorities in order, and he I think he got a new perspective of it. And and whether that's going to hold up when you get into the meat and potatoes of the season and you go through the grind of it, I don't know. But but I do know this: I think he is. You know, through all of this, we talk about is he going to be the manager? Isn't he going to be the manager? I do want to think that one thing we have to continue to have on the back burner with Alex Cora is his his interest in morphing into the front office job. I, I think that, that, you know, so in other words, I don't know how it's going to end up here this year, but if it doesn't end up well, or even if it ends up well, and he says, hey, listen, you want to pay me? Craig Council got paid. You got to pay me. And they're like, oh, well, no, we're not going to meet that price. Then he might, his next job, he might be looking for a front office job instead of a manager's job. I could see that happening. So when Breslow was hired, he was basically told, Bradfo, right? You got to, you have to, you're stuck with Corey. You can't bring in your own manager, right? They told him. It's not like he came in and said, I want this guy as a manager. And they said, no, like that was part of the job, is this is going to be the guy who's running your team at least the first year, right? Yeah, they proclaimed that at the, the, the press conference right after the season. And that was one of the things that people, when we were trying to figure out, you know, why people didn't have interest in the job, what's going on, how come it's taking so long. Is it because they're saying this is your manager? Which really doesn't happen a ton. And listen, it happened with Dombrowski and John Farrell. Um, if you look back, and, and that obviously didn't work out. Uh, but you know, but it, it doesn't happen a ton. So yeah, so interesting question, Christian. Yeah, that they were they were saying Alex Cora's our guy. Okay, so in in that sense, then would it does 
Breslow have the power to fire him like midseason? Is that something, or does he have to see out the whole year? If they're going to stick him with him for a whole year, does he have to make it the whole year? No, I mean, I think that Craig Breslow, that when, once Craig Breslow got the job, it was the understanding that, and right or wrong, this is, I, this is what I believe to be true. I, I think that Craig Breslow knew that Alex Cora was going to be the manager. I think Craig Breslow was fine with that. He knew Cora. Um, he knew like what Cora had done, the strengths of Alex Cora. So he was fine with that. But at the same time, once Craig Breslow gets the job and the season starts and everything starts unfolding, this is Craig Breslow's – this is his ball of clay. This, this, he's going to figure out what is happening. In other words, I don't think if they're in last place and things are going sour halfway through the year, the ownership's going to say, no, you can't move on from, from Alex Cora because we like him so much. But I do think that, that they said, hey, we like Alex Cora enough, and Craig Breslow likes Alex Cora enough to give it a whirl heading into this season. Rob Bradford of WEEI here on Jones and Mega with Arkan. I'm not even going to ask you if they're going to spend their money because they're probably not. What are, you, what are you hearing on Kenley Jansen and to a lesser degree, Jaron Duran? His name came up from John Heyman, I think, the other week. What are you hearing on some potential subtractions the Red Sox could be making from their roster? Well, I think that the, the most telling comment from Craig Breslow today in his sit-down was that I'm paraphrasing, but that teams that that the off season didn't go quite as they had planned, right? So we're trying to pick through that. Is it is it the money being allowed to be spent? Is it how the market shook out? Is it trade partners? I think it's all of it. I I, I honestly think it's all of it. And I think that in this case, when it comes to Kenley Jansen and Jaron Duran, I, I probably I think that they just probably aren't getting the price they want for these guys. Um, so, uh, you know, so that's what he's talking about there. And in terms of are they going to spend money, you know, the Jordan Montgomery thing to me is still really, really fascinating because uh, last week I had found out that the team that everyone thought Jordan Montgomery was going to actually wasn't really talking to Jordan Montgomery. And that was the Texas Rangers. They, they view the, the asking price initially for Jordan Montgomery from what I heard was you're talking about like seven or eight years, $200 million, number one starter money, and the Rangers and other teams, probably including the Red Sox, said, we're not going to do that for a guy who was a good pitcher and can help us, but he's probably a number three starter. So how far does that fall? And if the Rangers are still not in on this, then the number that the teams have really, really dwindled for Jordan Montgomery, and maybe the Red Sox are able to read the room right and go after it. But if you find out that Jordan Montgomery signed somewhere – for four years at something, then, yeah, then we can resurface the whole, what are you doing? It's, why aren't you spending the money thing? Brad Foe, if this is continuing to be a bridge year, whatever you want to call it, but they're not spending money like they seriously want to contend, why are they doing this Netflix show? And how often are you going to try to get in the background shots? <laughs> like, uh, well, is the over-under uh, four well, well, background well, shots I, with Brad Foe? First of all, I... I'll answer this question, the second part. Okay, the yes. second part is easily answered, right? It's not me getting in the background, Mego. It's T-shirts getting in yeah, the background. Yeah, yeah. Base, oh. Baseball isn't boring, like flags and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. it's not me. Now, nobody wants to see me, but they want to see the T-shirts, and they will see the T-shirts. 
And so, um, yeah. But it, the t-shirts will be it, prominent it, in yes. the Netflix well, by the, series. By the way, I don't know. It's only setting uh, social media on fire right now that Joe Kelly's wearing his Japanese baseball I just, boring shirt. I just saw this. Dodgers media. Dodgers, <laughs> yeah. Dodgers colors and everything. I just saw the picture, yeah. That's uh, cute. I, I like I, it. I know our brand has never been hotter. Um, brand has never been uh, cuter. <laughs> there you go. That's what we're going for. Um, but but I think that you know the Netflix thing is you know we have to remember that this was hatched a, a couple of years ago, two or three years ago. This was John Henry and Tom Warner doing the old. We like the idea of it. We want to be ahead of the curve when it comes to the promotion of it and everything else. Really. The part that fascinates me about the Netflix thing is that they got sign-off from the players, which 10 years ago wouldn't have happened. It just wouldn't have happened. And so they get sign-off from the players, but I don't know if I had told you guys this, but this is certainly how I think. I think this day and age of players, like they want to they wanna be where the cool kids are at. Netflix is where the cool kids are at. and But they'd also, I think you already hear it through some of the comments today from Breslow and Cora. Cora, yeah. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if they understand how uncomfortable this can get. Um, but you know, and, and you know, again, dot dot dot. Why not? <laughs> no, I heard. I heard what Cora had to. I mean, Cora basically said that he's like, there could be some uncomfortable moments, but we're ready for it, or or whatever, something along those lines. And then there was like a T-shirt cannon that went <laughs> off in the background, and a baseball is boring T-shirt exploded. So he might he might be more conscious of it than the players. I'd agree with you on that. He's Rob Bradford. Uh, buy a T-shirt if you would. Baseball isn't boring. Check out the podcast. You can check him out on the Odyssey app or on WEEI as well. Bradford, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. All right. Always a pleasure. I'll talk to you all later. All right. Thanks, Rob. Rob Bradford is all our guests on the Harbor One Hotline. So that's interesting. You know, he he seems to think, although I, I do feel like Bradford contradicted himself there at the end, he seems to think that Breslow is kind of feeling out Cora and they're giving him leeway to do that. Although Arkan asked him later on, was it forced on him? It kind of sounds like it was, but he knew a lot about Breslow. So is he learning about him or does he know a lot about him? I don't know. I don't think I don't think that Cora rather wants to be here. And the team, if they wanted him, they would have worked out an extension. So it's a weird, to use Brad Foe's word, it's an uncomfortable situation. And I think that was apparent. I mean, to the point where the guy was stress-eating last year. Like, you know, and he's lost a ton of weight. Credit to him. But, like, he wasn't happy with the situation, and it doesn't look much better this offseason. His physical stature looks better. But, like, his situation with the team doesn't look better. Yeah, he looks good. He looks, uh, he does. He's he in his good. Von Trapp era. Running running four miles today, which is, yes, Captain Von Trapp. Uh, running four miles Down today. Girl. Which apparently, <laughs> apparently, uh, will be very central to it Meg's It doesn't planning. matter. I never see him in person. Coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. 617-779-7937. You can jump in on all the latest with Alex Cora and the Red Sox. And we have triple play next. It's going to be a triple play. It's time for the triple play. Yes! Triple play. The top three burning questions of the day. And there's three. With Jones and Mago. Triples is best. Triples is best. Triples is best. I don't live in a hotel and you can treat your Valentine at the 99 restaurants. Today and tomorrow, enjoy delicious menu specials like lobster topped haddock or the New York strip and lobster casserole combo. You gotta love the nines, Jones and Mego. It's Tuesday. That makes it over under Tuesday. So let's get our over under on. 
number one. All right, Mego, we'll start with you. How many Bruins will win a regular season award slash trophy this year? Last year there were three, uh, and we're including the coach Jim Montgomery as well. So the over-under for this year is one half of a Bruin. Will one half of a Bruin, will there be at least one Bruin who wins an award? You know what? I'm going to take the under. Um, I, this is purely based off of looking at what I could find on FanDuel. I think Poshnok is like plus 1,300 to win the heart. And Swayman is plus fifteen hundred for the Vesna, and other than that, like there, I couldn't see a lot of other games, a lot of other names. To be honest, I didn't think about Montgomery in there. I was thinking about purely players. So maybe I haven't looked. Maybe he's closer. But I'm gonna take the under I on mean, that one. I don't have a. Great... Does someone jump out at you? Well, no. I was. I, I would take the under as well. I was just gonna say I don't have a great working knowledge of like the history of the Jack Adams Award, but my my guess is they don't hand it out back to back years. I could be wrong about that. So I'd take Montgomery off the list. I think their only chance is Swayman. Like, Pasternak's not going to win the heart. And, and that doesn't mean, like, he's not deserving. I just don't think he's going to get it. McAvoy is, you know, not going to win the Norris. Like, I, I just, I think your only chance is Swayman. And I don't think he's going to hit that either. So, I think they're going to go under. But, you know, last year they were fat and happy. They won everything except for their first-round matchup with Florida. And I think maybe this year this will keep them a little more honest. I'm not worried about regular season awards for this team, quite frankly. They won a bunch of them last year, and I don't care. I'd like to see them produce in the postseason. I think this team will, but I need Don Sweeney to not just sit on his hands at the deadline this year. Last year he tried. And I, you know what? Maybe Sweeney could win something. Like, is that possible? Would that count, Arkin? If Sweeney won, like, whatever front office award? Like, yeah, that would count. Maybe he could if he makes a big move at the deadline. I wouldn't hold my breath on that either. But I hope they're not worried about all their sunken costs and what they traded last year at the trade deadline. And they're just looking at this as a nice performance, but they're playing over their heads. I, I hope he's active at the deadline. And I'm not real worried about their regular season awards. I'd like them to, you know, do something in the postseason for once. That's what I would do like. Do something. Yeah. All right, let's get to our second over-under. Number two. Celtics have been in first place most of the year. Uh, Jones, the Celtics will finish this season over or under four and a half games up on the two seed in the Eastern Conference. Oh, over. The East stinks. I've told you this a bunch. They're five and a half up on Cleveland, six and a half up on Milwaukee, eight and a half up on the New York Knicks. You get to Philly at nine games, and they don't have Embiid coming back anytime soon. They should run circles around the East. Now, they're the Celtics. I, I think they get complacent. They will play down to opponents here and there. Last year, they really got tripped up after the All-Star game and after the trade deadline, and especially in the month of March. Maybe it happens again. I wouldn't rule it out with this team, but they, they should be running away from the rest of the Eastern Conference. Right now, they are running away from the West uh, Eastern Conference. I think they'll keep that up. Yeah, so, over. unfortunately, I mostly agree with you. I think over feels right. Um, looking at the teams that are creeping up in the standings, they're still so far back. If the Bucks were in a different situation this season, or even if the Sixers didn't weren't dealing with Embiid's injury, I would think, okay, maybe the Celtics are going to slow down in the second half when they're sitting guys a little bit more. Not even just about losing motivation, but just sitting Porzingis at different times. Horford not playing back-to-backs as he never does at this point. But just looking at it, like they are so much better, and the teams that are close to them in talent have their own thing that they're dealing with. I don't think Cleveland or the Knicks is going to get that close. They're, I just checked this. They're on pace for 63 and a half wins. Over under 63 and a half wins. Mm, under. 
They, they should go they over. They should go over. They but should I don't go think over that will. number. They, I think they're going to sacrifice some of these because of the longevity that they need. I want them to push for 66. I said this before the year. I want them to push for what the Celtics had in 08. I, I, I like, and I wouldn't be stupid about it. Like, you know, if Christoph Porzingis is rolling around on an ankle that is like all ballooned up or something like that, don't play him. I'm not saying be dumb about it. But if everybody's healthy and you're just trying to manage minutes at the end of the year and re- uh, manage wear and tear, I'd like to see them go for 66 wins. Circle that number and chase down the 08 Celtics. You know what? I think you're right because the way that they started the season, uh, making the home court thing, uh, the streak that they had, a real thing, I think kept them very focused in a lot of games where they could have gone a little bit off the rails. And part of losing that streak I think has let them, I don't know, let down the effort at times. I'm not saying overall, but at times. We just got done talking about the Bruins. The Bruins were aiming for regular season win total records and uh, didn't go well for them. This isn't a record. This is just an arbitrary number that the 08 Celtics did. I'd like to see them try to push for that. What's our final question, Arkin? Okay, over under number three. Number three. What is the number of Super Bowl commercials that you liked, Mego? The over under is one and a half commercials. Oh, one and a half? Yes. Okay, two. I, I'd say over because off the top of my head, I can think of two. I always like the Budweiser commercials with the horses. I love the Clydesdales. I don't know. They're just cute. Those are cute horses. Wait, were there one of those this year? Yeah, and there was a puppy. It was like the Clydesdales were coming through. and there Yeah, was where a they little, went on the road with the snow. Yeah. There yeah, was yeah, a yeah. yellow lab. It was very puppy. It was very cute. And then, of course, yeah, yeah, it sounded <laughs> like that. That's the commercial. Um, and then I liked the Dunkings. That one was great. That one was r- actually very funny. I don't, I don't. I think everyone outside of New England Ryan's, hated it. Ryan's crinkling his face. No, you didn't like it? It was funny. Deuce chills. That, that was that's the point. Though. Okay, that is the point. Mego's right. That was the point. The point was to give you douche chills and be like, oh, people in Boston are so obnoxious. That is the point. I thought Brady was really good in it. Matt Damon was hysterical. Yeah. Matt, da- Matt, Matt Damon was the, the best part. Matt the Damon was hysterical in that good commercial. Too. Have you seen the follow up where where Ben where Ben's talking? Ben like he's my best friend. Ben yes. Affleck's talking about his like new drink and he's like i haven't oh. done the acting exercises no no no. <laughs> and I, matt damon's like yeah we know no i haven't seen that i saw i thought you were gonna ask about brady throwing the football like the outtakes no no it. that was that was just like okay obviously brady can do that <laughs> no <laughs> like, but anyway but i hope i hope he doesn't miss. i like i liked watching you know uh affleck and, and damon suck at throwing that that was more what i was saying no i'll take the over i like the um the schwarzenegger commercial I like that one. That one was okay. What was that? State Farm? State Farm. Yeah. State uh, Farm. Neba. It's neighbor. Right. Neba. Neba. She's going into labor. <laughs> I li- that commercial I thought was funny. And now now one's escaped. There was a third one that I liked. I, had, I like- didn't like the couch potatoes one. Did you see that one? Yes. That, was that one was really creepy. Yeah. I didn't mind the couch potatoes one. I didn't like it. There was a third one I liked and now it's escaping me. I but found it, it regardless, over. And I specifically like State Farm and the, the Duncan's one. What, I, what there, two did you like? The two that I really enjoyed. Um, was the Etsy commercial where the Statue of Liberty is getting dropped off and like, oh crap, now we gotta get France <laughs> something. So they just got him a giant cheese board. They're like, a cheese board, we! <laughs> and the other one was the Mayo Cat that broke up with Pete Davidson. I thought that was fun. I did. Oh, yeah. I thought I at, least, right. I at least chuckled when it broke up with Pete Are Davidson. We, I, I feel did, like that's missing one, yeah. though. There were, there were a lot of heart wrenching ones, which I've, like the little girl ice skating. Arcan, I was like, oh, I gotta tell you, Jesus has a hell of a uh, budget for commercials. Arcan, Arcan loves the Arkan, did you like one. the Jesus one this year? You loved oh, the, the Jesus one, one the last feet? year. No, yeah. when they were watching the field, you know I like that one. No, no, but, you, um, <laughs> but that, that was like legit one of your favorite no, ads last year. No, last year he was like the Jesus commercials. Last year, Those are good early. commercials. Last they're year. well done. They're well-made commercials. <laughs> no, they're but my not. Two, yes, they are. I think they are. I think the production value is very good, and they you remember them. But the two I liked this year uh, was the one where the Kawasaki drove by and everything grew a mullet, and uh, the Aubrey oh, Plaza yeah. Mountain Dew commercial I like, too, because I like Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. I mean, I like Aubrey Plaza. Mego likes the Code Red or whatever 
they were advertising. Mega likes that. There's it was no doubt Baja about that. Blast, please. Sorry, that's what it was. Uh, so there you go, some commercial talk. Uh, 617-779-7937. That's triple play each and every day at this time. We'll get back to the Patriots and whether or not the, you trust them to support a young quarterback in New England. We'll do that next. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.